0: a special edition of the Faith Debate. It's uh, it's kind of like a fireside chat uh, edition of the Faith Debate. Uh, we haven't done very many uh, interview guests in this in the uh, storied past of the Faith Debate show. Uh, we've made a few exceptions over the years, and this is one of them. And uh, actually, I meant to tell our, our guest I was going to change something up a little bit, but he'll be able to, to roll with it. Uh, What you're about to hear this week and hopefully over the next few weeks of programs on the faith debate um, is, for lack of a better way of putting it, a profile in Christian courage. With all of the little weenies that are out there in the world today who will not take a stand for what is right and true and good and beautiful, we start to wonder, is there anybody that will do that? And there are. And if the man who's the guest on today's show can do it, so can you. Anyway, this is the Faith Debate. You can uh, listen, of course, on the radio at WFMD and or online at WFMD.com. And you can access all things related to the Faith Debate show at householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. I am Troy Skinner. And if you're listening on the radio, thank you for spending part of your Sunday morning with us. Dr. Fuller, Dr. Russell T. Fuller, uh, made some waves and uh, got some additional notoriety a few years ago because the world was going crazy, and he made note of that and pointed it out to some people who were in a position of power in his life, and he took that chance and it changed the direction of his career. We'll see if he thinks it was for the better, or for the worse, and uh, change the trajectory of his entire witness, in, in my opinion. Uh, Dr. Russell T. Fuller, and he just goes by Russell or Dr. Fuller or Russell Fuller, that sort of thing, but I'm mentioning the Russell T because his website is RussellTFuller.com, and so I would encourage you to check that out at some point, RussellTFuller.com, and you'll see why that's important to know in a moment. So the first thing I wanna do, is ask you to explain why you became kind of sort of in your own way famous or in certain circles infamous uh, about what was it three years ago so generally speaking what, what were some of the circumstances leading up to that moment that your life changed
1: yeah i was a professor of old testament at the southern baptist theological seminary in louisville kentucky And that's the largest seminary uh, in America, and perhaps even the world, I think. And so I was an Old Testament professor there. And when I was brought in, I was hired in 1998. And the school was heading toward a conservative direction under um, Albert Moeller, who's still the president there. And so he brought me in and some other professors in to put the school in a different direction but it wasn't another ten years and all of a sudden the school was no longer heading in the proper direction it was starting to head back to a more liberal direction and the first time that really caught my attention is when uh, Al Mohler accepted sexual orientation. Just a couple of years earlier, he had written about that topic and said, hey, that's the linchpin of the homosexual community and what they're trying to get across in America and to, as it were, normalize uh, something that's truly really against nature and obviously against God's law as well. And, uh, but then within just a couple of years, all of a sudden he flipped on that, and now he was defending the notion of sexual orientation. So, that was the first thing that caught my attention, that uh, things could be uh, moving in a different direction. Then later on, we were in a, um, a faculty meeting, and in that faculty meeting, uh, a certain professor brought up a, a video that he found on YouTube with one of our professors in which they were arguing for critical race theory. It, you know, he says it was quite alarming, and he was uh, he thought that uh, video was uh, something that needed to be mentioned. And I could tell Mueller was very uncomfortable when that professor, um, Mark Carpinger, brought that up. Muller, I could tell, got very tense about it. And so as soon as it was, that meeting was over, I went up to Mark and the faculty who brought this up, and I said, what are you talking about? What videos? And I didn't even know what critical race theory was at that time. And I forgot the year. It was probably something like 2016, 17, somewhere in there, I think. And... He says, "Oh, you've got to see this." And so he it's on YouTube and he and he uh, it had uh, Matthew Hall was a part of it. And it's still it's still on uh, YouTube. And he was a Higher up, provost maybe or something? at that time, I think he was the dean of Boyce College, which was associated with the Southern
0: Baptist Theological Seminary. It has a college attached to it. So it was a very important position, very important. For the listener, just to help, I think most people who pay attention to this radio show kind of know some of the players and the terms and stuff, but just really quick uh, critical race theory, we're not going to go in the weeds on that. We've done a number of shows on that in recent years, and there's a whole slew of podcasts and other resources beyond the faith debate to learn about that. But basically from a biblically conservative point of view, that's an encroachment of theological liberalism that infects the understanding of the Bible and therefore infects the church and the teaching and presentation of the gospel confuses the gospel. So it's a big issue. If you want to know all the details of that. You can get yourself educated on that if you need to. And Al Mohler, for those who don't know, he's a big name if protestants uh, had things structured like the roman catholics he would at the very least be one of the big name cardinals right right? he's a big shot and so his voice carries weight he's had a radio ministry for years he comments on so these are heavyweight and then his one of his lieutenants matt hall is also in the mix not exactly at the level of heavyweight uh that al moeller would be at but still these are big names and so you're recognizing some problems with these big names right. and so i just wanted to frame that so what happens next
1: uh and, and again matt hall was probably at that time even though he was dean of the the college he was probably the you know, the second most important man uh, at the seminary or at the the whole organization so to speak the school because Moeller was really fond of him. And so I went and looked at the video. And when I looked at it, of course, I started hearing about critical race theory for the first time, because I really had not kept up with anything like that. And so I was alarmed. I was I was shocked at what uh, I was hearing. And that faculty meeting, we were debating another faculty member who was pushing postmodernism, which had said it will never be tolerated at this institution, but yet we had a professor, Jonathan Pennington, in the New Testament who was clearly teaching uh, postmodernism. So that was at that meeting as well.
0: And so the concern at that point becomes CRT, Critical Race Theory, you know, they put an emphasis on systemic racism. What you're saying is the beginnings now of what feels to you like systemic liberalism infecting the institution, right? Correct. And so you're like, what do i do and you're probably trying to figure out who's on my side in this who's seeing things the way i am that's probably part of what's going through your mind
1: yeah somewhat um but again you know i've already seen where al moeller's accepting things like um, sexual orientation if you were to go to one of his the meetings that he was behind was something called together for the gospel And together for the gospel, they were pushing critical race theory. They were pushing uh, Sam Alberry and his, uh, you know, accepted sort of side B Christianity. Moeller was completely there. And so, I mean, he was giving away uh, Alberry's book promoting all of Alberry's stuff
0: now it's all interrelated but since side b we have talked about this on the faith debate but not as much but that has to do with the uh, uh homosexuality kind of question and whether you can be a gay christian or what it means to be a sin if you're homosexual is it a sin is the behavior a sin is the identity a sin so it's part of that milieu so if you if side b is new to you as the listener you can go online, you can do a, a search on side A, side B, Christianity, and you can get up to speed on that. But it's all part of the same complicated mix of liberal influences. Correct. Just
1: Yeah, by side B, what they're talking about is you can have a gay orientation, and it's okay. You can even have gay desires. It's okay as long as you don't act on them. If you're a side A, you're fully... I don't know how to say that, practicing gay, however you want to say it, uh, and still Christian too. So side A and side B, uh, is it, really both anti-Christian. Uh, there's not a good side, a bad side.
0: There, right. It's a bad side. In a, in a, in a... If there was a side C, it would be conservative, right? The conservative, <laughs> biblical, traditional view. Yeah, so right. side A is everything goes. Side C is no, what the Bible has said for all these years is what is true. And then side B is trying to play the middleman, right. find some middle ground kind of a thing, which has its own problems. Right. So you're seeing that in the mix, too. I'm
1: seeing that in the mix, too. And then we had a, a, a professor we hired that was pushing you know, the Old Testament teaches mythology. So he had all those things going. So you could see the direction of the school, even though, again, to the donors of the institution, and uh, it, Mueller would still talk in a very conservative way. But you could see what was going on as a faculty member. And again, you could look at YouTube and see the liberal teaching of the faculty is
0: pretty radical. So, Moeller... This is all shocking even now to a lot of people, because Al Moeller still has a pretty good, healthy reputation amongst conservatives, and they give him every benefit of the doubt, and they hear somebody like you come along, and even now, today, When there's even more reason to have doubts, they're going to be suspicious of, of where you're coming from sure. and where he is. And I mentioned that just to show how much weight the Al molar brand really brings so I can kind of frame this to understand what your personal situation was what you were up against as you're beginning to have concerns and doubts about all of this I'm just framing that for the listener because I want them to understand I want them to feel it I want them to viscerally put themselves in your shoes right. and say think about somebody who has control over your career or at least your at least your present job sure. right your income your stream of income and is incredibly well liked and respected is very well known is Arguably famous certainly in Christian circles. He's famous yet all of that, and you're like I'm not sure what this guy's doing (laughs) And so imagine what that would be like imagine your boss is really rich and famous and powerful And you think your boss has lost his mind. What would you do? I want you uh, as the listener. I want you to feel the weight of that. So anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean Moeller's public persona was one thing, but what was actually happening on the campus was something quite different. And so again, to donors, to the average Christian, he wanted to come over as a real Bible-believing Christian, holding to the scriptures, holding to orthodoxy, uh, confessional, he, he would use all those kind of terms, inerrancy, you know, but at the same time, he's hiring faculty members who deny inerrancy, and not—not not, they wouldn't say, "I deny inerrancy," but they would say, "The Bible teaches mythology." But do you believe in inerrancy too? Oh yes, mythology and inerrancy. You know, because they knew the right. There's certain things you got to say. You got to believe in inerrancy of Scripture. Even though when you believe in mythology, postmodernism, critical race theory, these things are all antithetical to the Christian faith and to the doctrine of inspiration or inerrancy. So it, out of one side of your mouth, you're saying one thing, the other side of your mouth, you're saying something else. But when the real crisis came is when Al Mohler wanted to promote Matthew Hall to be the provost of the institution and the clear, his clear heir, he was going to be the next president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville. And at that moment, I knew I had to make a decision. Um, either uh, take a stand at that point. Or else what's the purpose of taking a stand in the future? If you if you allow this to go through, this is really showing where the school is where it is right at that time, how liberal it was going, and how liberal it's gonna continue to go. So to me I felt if, if I don't do something now, what's the purpose of doing something in two or three years? You know, we're always wait, this is not quite the time for the battle. Well, this is the time for the battle.
0: <laughs> so when you're thinking through, if I don't do something now, it's, it's now or never, what is something? What's the something? What, what, were, you, what were you having to decide between doing yes. and not doing?
1: In other words, he was, about to, um, he was about to promote him to the second highest position at the seminary. And so his influence at the seminary.
0: Uh, I'm talking about Matthew Hall. His- so you're saying somebody had to speak up uh, and raise concerns about that. Correct. And so you're just debating: what do I raise those concerns now, or do I wait till he's already in the position and raise the concerns after the fact? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Well, <laughs> it's basically obviously, if if you make Matthew Hall, who's going around calling himself a racist. And, and,
0: and the reason why he's a racist, of course, is he believes in critical race theory. He wasn't a racist. And it's not hyperbole. I've seen the videos you're talking about, and and you can look them up yourself if, you, if you're if you interested, listener. Uh, he's on record saying that he's a racist. Correct. Right? And he's on record. It's clear as day. This isn't hyperbole. And it's like, wow, and, and why are you a racist? Because they've redefined what everybody means by racist right. and you're just inherently racist. Oh,
1: yes. That's right?
0: right? So he's not guilty of any specific yeah. racist uh, thing that he's done. But he, by definition, he's a racist because he is who he is. Right. And he would argue that you're a racist. Oh, sure. That I'm a racist. Right. Right? We're all racists. We're all
1: racists. <laughs> Even though, I'll tell you this, later on, uh, at his church, he was. Uh, they had a special meeting about him. And... A a, a person asked him, Are are, are all white people racist? And he goes, Well, no. Well, now the problem is, (laughs) Why are you one? (laughs) Right. You know, so again, he caught himself in so many contradictions on this. On the one hand, Uh, we're all racist on the other hand well not all of us are well then why are you a
0: racist and as a pretty well-known contemporary apologist likes to say inconsistency is a sign of a failed argument
1: (laughs) yes it was (laughs) so it was it was in other words you know some people will always say well you know let's this is not the time to to make the the play but i really believe it was because again this the reason this was the time is he's going to be promoted and i was in a position as a full professor to and and i was being asked officially by the institution what is your advice should we promote this gentleman or not and so to me i felt obligation to uh to speak what i really thought about this because really that was part of my job this was, uh, I was a part of a what's called the full professors, and we're the ones who either recommend or do not recommend someone to uh, get a promotion. And so I was being officially asked.
0: And so I felt like I ha- at this point, I must do my duty. Okay, there's political pressure, there's social pressure, right, peer pressure. Uh, there's financial pressure maybe, because you're like, boy, if I, tick off just the right people here. I'm going to lose my job, maybe. Who knows? Or it's going to alter my career track at, at the least, possibly, because these are powerful, well-connected people. So I understand all of that. But at a seminary where you're training up, the, it's not just pastors that go to seminary, but right. in the mix of the students, our future leaders in the church, when... From, for those who would have argued differently than how you decided to go, I, I can't understand how they would say, well, it's not really the right time yeah. to call out a false teacher. Right. It's always the right time to call out a false teacher. If, if, in just simple, basic facts, if you take all of the, those pressures out of the picture and just look at what's the right thing to do, but I guess the point I'm emphasizing here, it's hard to to do the right thing. It's hard sometimes to know for sure what the right thing is, and then when you figure out what the right thing is and you're clear on it, it's still hard sometimes to press forward on that. By the way, this is The Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD and online at WFMD.com and uh, available during streaming and podcasting, that sort of thing. The guest on this special edition of the show is Dr. Russell T. Fuller. You can find him online at russelltfuller.com so now we're at the point where you have to make your decision and you decide to do what
1: well you know i knew if i went against matt hall that it was probably the end of my teaching career i've been teaching at southern seminary for 22 years well no it was was over 21 years and so um I would survive another month or
0: two before, well, another semester or two before Molar. And you taught somewhere else before that even, correct? Yeah, I
1: taught at a little college called Mid-Continent in the uh,
0: western part of Kentucky. It's no longer... Uh, and that was several years at least, two. I would a couple of years there. So, so at this point, you're like a quarter century-ish. Yes yes it, so i mean you're not like a newbie yeah
1: it, right
0: it, it, it and is. and they know who you are they have your yeah. track record so oh, you, sure. you feel like okay i've got some weight of voice in this room people will respect where i'm coming from maybe hopefully right that's part yeah. of your hope in yeah. this
1: i've been there again um a good 20 to 21 years when, I, when as a matter of fact i can remember when i gave my speech I said, of all my 20 years being here, this will be the most important vote we will take in my 20 years here at Southern Seminary. And um, so what was was the first thing that caught my attention was normally we're we're given a week's notice about who's who's up for promotion. We were given just a little over 24 hours notice. Hmm. So immediately
0: I was, Moller. in other words. How many hours are in a week? <laughs> it's more than 24, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we were only given about a little over a day. And our, so Moller was worried that me
0: or someone else or I or uh, someone else or I would... So, did somebody snitch that you had these concerns, or how did he have reason to? How did he know well, he had reason to worry?
1: It was brought up earlier at a meeting about that those videos,
0: of of uh, Matt Hall, and he's pushing critical race theory. So, so some people began to show their hand a little bit, so, and he and so he had reason to be concerned. Like yes, he, there were some tells in a poker yeah. make. and okay.
1: that's right. And the year before we had also. Gutted one of uh, the, the guy who was going to be promoted to uh, full professor was the postmodernist, and we actually stopped it. There was enough of us voting against him; almost 50 percent of the full professors voted against him. And Muller says, "I can't, I, I can't recommend him to go up." You see not want that he to happen, happen again. want that to happen again. That's exactly right. And so he was nervous, so he only gave us a little over 24 hours okay, uh,
0: to, to uh, and he was trying to keep opposition down. Shall they pass bills in Congress this way no, too. Yes, right?
1: they do, yes they do. <laughs> and, and, and so at that point, I called up Mark Coppinger, and they had already basically told him they didn't want him to come back to the school, and I said, are you gonna see-
0: and he's one of the white hat guys probably, yes, right? He's a,
1: he is a man of tremendous courage, and I really appreciate him. I'm not sure I could have done it without his help. But and Jim Orrick. Let me let me say both those names real quick. Both those guys. I, I'm not sure I could have done it without their help. They they were very helpful to me, even though I didn't know what Jim was going to do at all. But I call Mark Hoppinger up and I say, Mark, are you going to say anything um, concerning Matt Hall? And he goes, Yes, I am. I said, Okay. And then I said, look, I've written something up. Would you read it? Just give me your, your impression. And he read it. He calls me up and he goes, it's, uh, he goes, it's very clear and it's very stout. <laughs> and he goes, he goes it's, it's good. He, he told me to change one word. And he was a philosopher guy. And I'd said an atheistic philosophy of critical race theory he says, call it secular. And it took me about a month to figure out the difference <laughs> of what he was trying to get across to me. But I said, okay, and I changed I change that one word. So the, the, I think it was in a, about a day away. And so when I show up that day... The Coppinger comes up to me right before the meeting and says, Now, Russell, you don't have to say a thing, you know, (laughs) you can just let this go and I'll speak. And I could feel that yellow streak going down my back. I was ready to chicken out uh, because I was like, yeah, that's great, you know. But, you know, I. um... And by the way, I didn't I didn't even have to show up to the meetings. I was on sabbatical. So I did not have, technically, I could have missed a meeting and just said, hey, it's not my fault because, you know, I was on sabbatical. I didn't have that. I, I wasn't part of my duties and so forth. But, you know, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. And I knew what the students were being taught. And I just could not, I, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and say, What are you doing? You you know, you you say you care for the students, and yet you know they're being corrupted. So when Moeller finally says, okay, let's talk about Matt Hall and what are your views, and I did not want to be the leadoff man. Coffinger went first. I was so glad. And then when he got done, I gave a, um, I don't know how long my speech went. It was probably maybe uh, four or five minutes It's on the internet somewhere. If if you're interested in it,
0: I can send it to you. But anyway, so I get up and give this speech. And And right there, I'm going to pause for a second. So you've made the decision. Uh, In the next episode of the Faith Debate, I I want to see how that decision played out in the moment. And then we'll talk about the immediate aftermath. And then... Those who have followed this story, some of this is repetitive. You've heard this before, if you kind of know some of the background. What we want to do differently, though, is I want to transition into, okay, what was the background leading into this moment that allowed him to erase that yellow streak that was running down his back? (laughs) And maybe we can learn something instructive from that. So this has been the beginning of a a series of special editions of The Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. My name is Troy Skinner, the pastor of that church, Household of Faith in Christ. Again, our website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, you can visit the Faith Debate page on wfmd.com as well. And be sure to check out russeltfuller.com as well. Thank you for being a guest on this episode of The Faith Debate, Dr. Fuller. We'll be back next week, about 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.